Welcome to the Naked Podcaster, Naked and Noon. I'm your host, Jen Taylor. I'd like to thank NGBN Carson City TV for hosting the Naked Podcaster. You can download the app, stream all the channels, but especially the Naked Podcaster. If you're looking for group coaching, one-on-one NLP coaching, or you want to have a super fun speaker join your conference, head over to my website, momof18.com, and get in touch with me. You can sign up for a 30-minute strategy session to determine if we're a great fit complimentary. There's also a lot of free information on my website. There's a free quiz on my landing page designed to reinvent, rediscover, remember what gives you purpose, passion, and drive. A comprehensive how to podcast PDF on my podcast page and a free PDF copy of my book, Hello, My Name is Warrior Princess, on my book page. So check it out at momof18.com. I'm super excited. Today I have with us Joe Zeman. Joe, how are you today? Doing great. How are you? I'm awesome. You're coming to us from the state of Washington. So jump in. You have, um, there's two websites, Valor Marketing LLC and AskValorMasterminds.com. So I want you to jump in and really talk about So I am the director of awesomeness at Valor Marketing. Uh, the reason why I chose that title is because one, I'm an awesome person. And two, I didn't want a fancy title like VP of this or CEO of that, uh, because I wanted people to want to work with me because of who I am, not the title I have. So, I love that. Okay. So, um, so what did, I mean, so we're a digital marketing company and we really help businesses, uh, understand how internet marketing works and we go over kind of the pros and cons of different types of marketing. And then we put together marketing proposals or recommendations based on the business's goals. So the reason why that's different is because most big companies out there are just trying to sell you on what they want to sell you on. So we don't like that at all. So our goal is to really connect with businesses and really figure out some of their pain points and where they're at in their business and then put together strategies based upon their goals. And then with the- Go ahead, go ahead. ahead. No, you first. We talked a little bit when we were pre-gaming about just, I, I asked you questions, marketing questions as it pertained to my stuff. And so you were really open to thinking about it from my perspective instead of just telling me I should do your program for a million dollars a month. Right. Because it's not about, it's truly not about me. It's about you as like the business owner. So I have to step in your shoes. And if I come across someone who's like, I have like a very limited budget, well, then I know I'm not not the right fit for that person, but I do know other people that are the right fit. So it's really just my goal is just being who I am and how I was raised that if I can't help the person, I'm going to find someone who can help that person. Tell me a little bit more about Valor Marketing. You you do a lot about relationships. You talk about transparency, persistence, trust, integrity, mm-hmm. like great words that are not always synonymous with marketing companies. So, and, and talk about exclusivity and focus on return. Sure. So, we're 100% honest with people and sometimes too honest with people. Some people are not used to being, they're just not used to that. They're used to being lied to um, and that's not our goal. So our company actually started because we got tired of the small 
to medium-sized business owners kind of getting screwed over by the larger marketing companies. That's the whole reason why we started. So we're like, we're going to put it, we're going to start a company and we're going to help, you know, we're kind of walk hand in hand with the business owner. So I really want to get to know my clients. Um, to me, it's not about uh, quantity of clients. It's more about quality with clients. Um, and so we just walk hand in hand with our clients and we build that relationship first. And I'm a very no pressure salesperson, so to speak. So, um, you know, either we're a good fit for you or we're not a good fit for you. And if we're not a good fit for you, I can find someone else. If we are a good fit for you, then let's walk hand in hand together and let's take you on a marketing journey to really grow your business. I love that you say that your goal is to be disruptive with simplicity, ethics, and pricing so that you can accomplish more with your dollars than ever been able to do with previous marketing, simplifying internet marketing and mm -hmm. uh, wipe away the confusion. I yeah, love so we, that language. Yeah, so we are 100% honest. We disclose some of our margins to our clients when it comes to like Google ads because the business owner needs to know how much of their actual budget. So if they're spending $1,000 a month, how much of that $1,000 a month is going towards like ad spend on Google? So if they don't know those numbers, then it's hard for them to gauge what the return is. So when you're talking about conversions and you're talking wow. about how much does it cost to create a, you know, basic numbers, how much, you know, how many clicks does it take to generate a phone phone call or form fill? How many form fills or phone calls does it, t does it take to generate an appointment? How many appointments do you need to set? So on and so forth. So if they don't know what our margins are, how do they know those numbers down to a T? So we disclose our margins to our clients. Uh, when it comes to like you mentioned exclusivity so when we do seo with businesses we work with one business per industry per area so if i'm working with a plumber in seattle washington they're the only only plumbing company i'm going to work with for seo so most people are like you know that's stupid because now you're missing out on all the other plumbing companies you could be working with for seo but on i on, on our eyes there's only 10 spots on the first page if you work with more than one or two companies you you can't effectively get everyone to the top of the first page. Well, yeah, that makes sense. I, I mean, I can see it, I guess, from both perspectives, but good for you. That's like um, what the what are the meetings that you can go to in town sometimes where they only take one of each profession, you know, so that you're not competing with someone directly within your same organization, which would be difficult. That would be difficult. You do a lot of, you do SEO, pay-per-click management, social media marketing, and websites. Correct. And we do other things, but those are the main things that we focus on. Tell me so about, go ahead. Nope, you first. Um, finish, finish the thought on that, and then I want to switch to the Ask Valor. Yeah, so we... So we offer so much more. So we started out doing SEO, Google ads, and then as our clients' needs changed, we just started adding more solutions based upon their needs. So we added websites, then we added social media management, then we added online reputation management, then we added curated audience targeting, which is to me pretty scary of the things that you could target. So if you wanted to target, like I had someone ask me today, they wanna to target the top one to 2% uh, income earners in the country. So you could do that. And then you could target those people with display ads while they're sitting on their phone or they're on their computers. Um, and then we do geofencing and we do all kinds of stuff. It's really just based upon, um, is there enough need for that type of solution? And then because there's no point in our company hiring in-house people to do it, we're gonna go partner with a local, local company that already does it and does it well. 
Excellent. Jump in, jump into the Ask Valor Masterminds. I am really intrigued by this. So it started out as a group Facebook page. So myself and my co-host Galen Ruelos, he also works with us at Valor. Ask questions, share tips on any sort of topic related to business or any sort of topic related to marketing. So we created a Facebook page and then about a few months into we're like, well, let's, there was in a, in a networking group, met a company called BD Local and they're a pot, you know, they're a podcast studio. So we're like, it would be awesome to create a podcast around our Facebook group page. So as you know, as a podcaster, when you're first starting out, it's kind of difficult to find people who want to come on to be a podcast guest. So for the first year, we started October of 2019. It was our first launch for National Own, National Women Owned Business Month. So we had two women entrepreneurs on that month. And then the next month was veteran owned. So we had some veteran owned businesses on. So during different months, we bring on different guests related to that month. Uh, but we all we bring on guests that are really just kind of experts in their field and want to share share their wealth on topics related. So we've done biohacking, we've done body language coaches, we've done a couple different business coaches, we've done we bring we bring spotlight we spotlight different guests um, that are like clients of ours. We bring them into the studio. They talk for fifteen minutes about their interactions, marketing, and what hasn't hasn't worked. Oh geez, and then. Then we found, then I was reached out to on LinkedIn by a guy who's a co-owner of podbooker.com. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where you go. I don't know if you're familiar. Well, that's where I met you, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, right? So you just, so that has opened us up this next year because now we're booked out all the way into the summer already with guests. So we only podcast twice a month uh, just due to our schedules and family life. Um, but we're actually going to. From the success of this one, we're actually going to start another podcast uh, called I Hate Marketing because <laughs> I don't know any businesses that like doing marketing. So we're going to bring on different different guests and they're going to give us one reason of what they hate about marketing. And then it's our job of why that type of marketing is beneficial to their business. I could definitely be on the I hate marketing one. I don't know if I have the correct topic, but it's it's that like dirty word, right? To a lot of people, you can be good at what you do. If nobody knows about you, then it doesn't matter how good you are at what you do. And so that visibility and marketing, for me, I'll, I'll, I'll throw something out there, see where the conversation takes us. It feels like I'm running for prom queen, <laughs> I, but I don't really want to be prom queen. Right. But I have to because if nobody knows about me and I haven't won the popularity contest, then no one will find me and I won't have clients. And so it's a very, it goes against, I think um, the idea of marketing goes against my like personal ethics or something. It seems like sales, like a used car salesman or something. So anyway, I'm sh that one would be, that'll be a fun podcast also. Yeah, we'll definitely have you on for sure because uh, <laughs> it's just bringing the people that have that high energy and make it fun. And uh, I mean, ultimately, that's what I like about doing the podcast. And that's what I like about, do you know, being in business for myself is having fun. And, you know, it's not a job. I worked till eight o'clock at night last night and I just love being able to put things together and work with people. And the same thing with the podcast. I mean, it's a whole, as you know, it's a whole process. Uh, people right. are like, oh, I could do podcasting. Okay, go for it.
let's so I mean you either do it yourself uh, like you do or you do it at a at a studio like we do it um, and so it's it's great because we just have the people that you know they do everything for us we just show up bring our guests on do what we're gonna do and then we walk away and then we and then you know they finish everything up for us that's a beautiful thing huh yeah yes because there's no way I could do what they do like you know because we throw slides in there with stats and stuff and I'm like I don't know how to do like I can't even yeah. I can't even get my YouTube channel to work properly because I'm gonna have to hire someone to get me to work my YouTube channel properly so yep. um, yeah it's not easy I, well that's one thing though about marketing and about what you do is that for me I find people I know what I'm not good at. So I find people that are good at those things and those people are called resources. And Correct. every time you do that, you're letting someone else work in their zone of genius. Yes. And your zone and of genius is marketing. The same thing in comment. They all say, hire people to do things for you. So mm -hmm. as a business owner, that's one thing, like the marketing aspect. Some people love it, some people hate it. But then it also has to do with what kind of budget do you have for marketing? And then it's also connecting with people that can help guide you along the way to get you to the point where then maybe you can't afford marketing. Right, exactly. Because it is like catch 22, right? You, you know you need it, but you can't afford it. So what do I need to do in the meantime to be able to afford it? Exactly. Take us back in time now. Yeah. So, oh man, I grew up in a small northwest suburbs of Chicago. Um, I'm a middle child, so ah, it's, that explains I'm a lot. The peace, I'm the peacemaker. I'm the one to make the older brother, the younger sister happy. Right. That's the. I mean, that's. I mean, that's just ingrained in me. That's who I am. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm the. I need to make make sure that everyone around me is happy, right? That's just unfortunate. I mean, that's the downside to being a middle child is you just do things to make other people happy. So sometimes it works to your benefit. Sometimes it doesn't work to your benefit, uh, but it kind of is what it is. So I grew up in a, a small town. It's called Niles. It's a northwest suburb of Chicago. And right out of high school, prior to, prior to graduating, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be an accountant. And then I was like, all right, well, that's a lot of schooling involved. So I don't want to do that. I realized how much schooling is involved and realized that school is not for me. Um, and so I joined the military. And being in the military made me grow up pretty quickly. So you go from this 18-year-old kid who just graduated high school. Uh, of course, I joined the Army. And of course, I joined what my parents didn't want me to join, which was the infantry, being a ground pounder. And so thankfully I never had to go overseas anywhere, but uh, it kind of just makes you grow up pretty quick as, as, an, as a young adult into an adult. So it kind of, you know, some of those things that instilled in me uh, of just, you know, being loyal. So I'm a very loyal person. Um, and so, yeah, so being in the military, being a middle child, being the peacemaker, uh, it's kind of morphed me into, I mean, who I am today. Um, and I just, which is why I like doing what I do because I get to help people on a daily basis. But when also, you, go ahead. I'll say, but also the reason why I really pushed towards, so I met my business partner, Mick, at the previous company that I worked at. He was the internet expert and I was a sales guy. And so as we got to know each other, um, 
He's like, hey, we're going to form this company. What do you think? I'm like, great, let's do it. So we started the company, but I still had, I still worked at the other job, you know, doing both jobs full time for about five years. And so the one thing that I would get from my family members is, Joe, are you sure you want to do this? Joe, you should probably stick to your nine to five job. Joe, what are you doing? You have a steady job and you make regular income and you're, and you make good income. Why not just stay and, and continue doing that? Because that's what, you know, a lot of, unfortunately, our generation grew up with mom and dad's like go to college, get a good job, make good money, stick to your nine to five, be happy, go lucky. But a lot of times those people aren't happy in what they do. And that was me with that company as I was not happy in what I was doing because it was a sales job. So it's all about the numbers and less about the quality of people that you're helping. So after a while though, it was just, uh, my partners are like, Joe, we're going to stick it. We're going to stick it to the family to the easiest way to say it is we're going to become successful and you're going to be successful with us. And, um, I mean, that's what has kind of happened. And even still to date, you know, some family members are just like, are you sure you want to do this? Do you, you know, and I absolutely, because there's more, it's more rewarding working for yourself. There's a lot of stress that comes with it, but it's just so rewarding to be able to say that you did that with yourself or with someone else and you built a, you know, a, a good company. Talk to me a little bit more about the peacemaker when you were a kid. Was it just general, normal kid family stuff or was there something specific going on that made you feel like you needed? I, I think the middle child feels like they need to keep the peace no matter what. Uh, I have a daughter in that situation also, and even though it's not her responsibility. There's no reason for her to feel that way. I think it's common. So what was mm -hmm. happening that made you feel that way? And then how did you take that into the military? Um, I don't know. It just, I've always felt like, you know, I, I could say I'm a mama's boy, right? I had a, I have a good relationship with my mom. Um, and I've just always been like, if everyone else is happy, then maybe I'll be happy. I mean, that's not always the case. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I've always been the peacemaker. I've always been, let's just, this is, this situation's going on. Brother and sister are fighting. Let's just jump in there and be the peacemaker and then both of them are happy and then everything goes back to uh, being happy so there's no drama. Mm. I, I can't really explain it, it's just, I've just always been that way. And then growing into the military, um, I mean, it's still the same way. You still wanna, you wanna make yourself happy, obviously, and then you wanna make, obviously, you're there for the other people that is to your left and to your right that you could potentially go into war with. So it's really just also about once again, it's kind of making them happy as well, letting them know that you got their backs and, and they got yours. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's awesome. I just think it's a innate part of your personality. And so I'm surprised. How hard was it to not buckle to the pressure when you have all this family? Because I know what I know what that's like when everyone around you is telling you you're crazy and you shouldn't and you're working tons of hours and you don't know if you're going to succeed doing that. What was that like? Read, I mean, I've read a bunch of books. So when I was making the jump to move over to, you know, push the company and build a company for Valor, I started reading a lot of like personal development books. And one of them was called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yeah. And I love that book. I and there's love been, that. There's been various, there's another woman, Sarah Knight. She wrote a book similar. She also wrote another book called Get Your Shit Together. Um, so it was really that. It's my life. And I'm going to live my life how I want to live it. And, um, you know, I've already done my best to try to make 
things happy, but now it's time to kind of make Joe happy. And what makes Joe, what makes me happy is just helping other people. And I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't care what other people think of me, which is, I don't, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but I just don't. And I don't, my, my business partner, Mick has helped me to not allow people to talk to me in certain ways. I mean, I had a client yell at me on the phone and I was just like, you need to stop. I'm not going to, you're not going to talk to me that way. And he kept going. I hung up the phone on him because I'm not going to allow people to talk to me a certain way because I don't deserve to be talked to like that. And no, I mean, anyone doesn't deserve to be talked to like that. So yeah, just that, that, that book was, Uh, yeah, just some of those books and Sarah Knight's books and um, yeah, just that was like the turning point of, all right, well, I'm going to prove to you that I'm good at what I'm doing and I don't need to, you know, unfortunately, like even me as a parent, I catch myself, it took me till my son was probably 16 before I realized he's got his own life and he has to make his own decisions. And yes, there's things that I want for him that I can see that he would be really good at and excel at, but it's it's not my life, it's his life. So it's just letting go of those reins and being there for your kids. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, it, they're going to make mistakes and you're going to help them along the way. And those mistakes are going to help them be a better person. And, but it was just, yeah, up until he was about 16, almost 17, that were like, nope, as parents, nope, it's your life. You know, you're going to be 18 soon and then you're technically a, a legal adult. And there's really nothing I can say or do that's going to change how you feel or, or, you know, what you want to do in your life. Yeah, that's a great example. That it is their life and their decision. You can guide them. It's like being a Sherpa, being a parent. It's just like being a Sherpa, you know, you're just trying to yeah. guide them through it a little bit. Um, Talk to me a little bit about you worked those two jobs. You were working with the same company. You from 2002 to 2017, you spent 15 years. Talk, talk to a little bit about that. Yeah, so that's the loyalty in me. So I, it just got to a point to where the the company was going, and I didn't. I, I just don't agree with a lot of your big marketing companies to where you're only as good as your last sale. So it just came to a point where it was time to start moving on. But the hard part was making sure that, you know, cause you're starting a company. So you're starting a company from scratch. So that means you still got to build up your clientele, which means you still need income coming in. And I just wasn't in a position yet where I can do that. Unfortunately, I waited almost five years before I took the jump and said, you know what, let's work at getting fired. I mean, most people don't want to get fired, but you know, I earned my unemployment and I was going to get it. So, I mean, so that's what I did. I just essentially stopped selling and then eventually you get written up and you get, and you get fired. Right. But, but that I kind of use that as a crutch because my unemployment only lasted for six months. Right. So I was thinking I'm going to, you know, unemployment people, I see people get it for like a year, two years. That's going to be awesome. And nope, six months came and gone. And, and then it's like, Oh shit, now I really need to get my shit together and I really need to get out there and I need to hustle. And so, you know, that's what I started doing. I relied on kind of the networking that I'd done and building up a network and relying on more referrals coming in and, yeah. Well, it's better than working two 
full-time jobs. I mean, I guess there's pros and cons. You work two full-time jobs. How much did the job that you had with Yellow Pages help you with being an entrepreneur? Um, I Good, because when, ironically, when I worked in the Yellow Page industry, I hated cold calling. I hated swinging doors. I hated people telling me no. But as an entrepreneur, I love it. I'm, I'm probably... <laughs> you don't find very many people that actually like and go cold calling. You know, I still get out there and I still swing doors. And even during COVID, I'm still out there. I put my mask on. I go in there. I introduce myself. I hand them a card. If I could tell that they're a little bit hesitant, I'll make some stupid comment like, at least wait till I leave before you throw my card in the garbage. That at least gets them to giggle. Then they at least still keep my business card. And yeah. then, um, you know, I just, just did things like create a little cartoon character uh, on my business card. So people see that. Of course, when they see the director of awesomeness, that starts conversations. Um, just doing things to kind of stand out uh, from everyone else that that is cold calling. How stressful is it to be an owner of a marketing company and have to market yourself? You know, that's the shitty part. I don't think we do enough of it. <laughs> that's the brutal honesty. Um, Besides what we do, uh, you know, what I do in network marketing and joining different networks across the country. And I mean, we've done, we just don't, it's weird as an SEO company, we don't do SEO for ourselves. And the reason why though, is we don't want to work with everyone. So back to the exclusivity, um, you can't work with everybody. So in our eyes, why am I going to market our own business to put ourselves out there? Now we're going to do some other things. Um, to promote some of the stuff we do with our Valor Cares program to where we're giving away website builds every single month. But um, okay. that's about the only marketing that we're gonna do. We'll, we've done some like Facebook ads and those are questionable whether they work or not. Um, so, which is tough for me because we, you know, we help businesses with social media and social. I can't get social media to work for myself. So, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a tough one. That's, that doesn't help me at all. That's no confidence there, right? So, I mean, but our social media team is really good at what they do. And um, for the businesses that we work with social media, it's helped grow their business and grow their following and, and grow people, uh, getting people to just interact with them. That's the whole point of social media. But as far as paying for ads, yeah, I mean, it's, it's helped us here and there with some of the Google. We put on free Google workshops for businesses. So that has helped generate some interest. But... Yeah, marketing your own business is tough. I mean, I got targeted today from a company that wanted me to spend $2,000 for a full page ad in their magazine for on the topic of, of SEO uh, and us using that we're an SEO company. And I'm like, I just can't see spending $2,000 in a magazine. That To me, that's not, I don't see the return on that. Right. Well, I mean, everybody that's selling something and doing a job wants you to see the value and you definitely have to pick and choose. I think that's a huge part of getting your information out there, whether it's with somebody directly in marketing or doing it on your own is like, there's no magic formula or we'd all do the magic formula, right? You just right. have yeah. to work at it. And it, what might work okay today is not necessarily going to work okay tomorrow. So 
you have a Facebook group. I mean, you have Valor Marketing because I cyberstalk you, obviously. And Thank you. you have <laughs> you're welcome. You have the Valor Marketing group. There was another one though that was private, and I remember I didn't join it because I wasn't sure that I was a good fit for the group. Is that the one that launched the podcast, or which one launched the podcast? The Ask Valor Masterminds group page launched the podcast, and that one is a private one. And I'm probably just gonna. What I didn't want is what happened in the very beginning is I didn't want people joining just to sell their services on the page. Like obviously yeah. you put in the rules and then people who don't follow the rules and you kick them out of the group. Um, but that's a private group. I may, I may change it to a public group just to get you know more people in it and talking to each other. Um, so we have that page. Then we have the Ask Valor Masterminds podcast page, which was a eye opener because all this time that we've had our podcast, we've never had a, a Facebook page for the podcast. And we're sitting the one day in our studio with our engineer, Sadie, over at BD Local. And she's like, you guys don't have a Facebook group page or a Facebook page for your podcast? And we're like, as marketing people, we're like, we're idiots because that should have happened a long time ago. But it, for some reason, didn't. We just focused on the, the private group page. And then we're like, never dawned on us till we created the page that that's a private page that you have to have request to join. So people are deterred from that. But now that it's... You know, oh, I mean, we, I mean, we gained, I think we're up to like 150 likes in just a short, like three or four days. So mm -hmm. it'll grow from there. Uh, that's awesome. Man and his wife that did the marketing company and then you became a vested um, partner. Tell me about that process. I know it took several years, but can you dig in a little bit more for people who are entrepreneurs working their job at the same time as they're trying to make either their hobby become their job or we all have different mindsets about that, but I know you right. work your job most of the time, but tell me about the process of meeting them and being brought in on that and what that looked like for you. Sure. So uh, initially after building a relationship and a friendship with Mick and his wife. He brought us in, myself and Galen, and, and said, hey, we're going to start this marketing company. What do you guys think? And we're like, yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, if you have a means, if you have the means, meaning if you have some sort of savings set aside where you can start a company, then start a company. Whether you do that where it's your full-time gig or it's your side hustle, 100%, um, life's too short, go and do it. Um, yeah. So then it was just, you know, there were certain milestones that said, hey, once you get to this point while working with us, then we'll talk about bringing you in as a partner. And so for me, that took five years. So I finally vested as a partner and, you know, I have. Job where I had that guaranteed income coming in. Um, where some, I mean, so that, I mean, that's probably the biggest obstacle for any business. I'm really passionate about this, but I have guaranteed income here. I still have bills to pay, but I want to go to this other business because this other business is going to make me more happy. And sometimes it's not about, it's not about how, it's never about how much you make. It's just about you being happy as a person, I think. Um, and so that's what we try to instill in my son. And he's got all these great ideas and he wants to go start these different businesses. And I'm like, hey, go for it. And another friend of mine has a t-shirt company that's he's been thinking about doing for like the last two years. It's two years in the making and he's finally launching his t-shirt company, but he still has another job. So if you are, let's say you're 
an early entrepreneur. So let's say you're still in high school, you just graduated high school and you just, you're living with mom and dad, save that money and start your side hustle. So because you're living at mom and dad, you're probably not paying rent, you have no bills really. Um, so start saving money. So that way when you're ready to make the jump into your, your side hustle, into your full-time gig, that you have kind of a little bit of a financial backing uh, to, yeah, to be able to start whatever it is that you want to start. I wish that more, I wish that more kids would get out there and start businesses. I mean, I'm not a traditional go to college uh, because I didn't do it. Um, but I also don't think that college is for everyone. If college isn't for you, figure out what your passion is, turn it into a business or go learn a trade or go learn something that you can do to make some sort of income so that when you're ready to make the jump, uh, into your, turn your passion into, you know, a business that you're ready to do it. Yeah, if you can't to start off, I mean, you're right. When the kid, when kids hit that point between 18 and 24, where you're not really, you're not responsible for anyone but yourself. Being selfish is a positive thing at those ages. You should be selfish. That should be what right. your life looks like. And I love trade. I love trade schools. I think we don't. I don't think that we talk about them enough in the U.S. in general, and how you can make great money and love what you do that way, or you're right. Like work a job while, uh, while while you're living a passion. I knew a coach that called it a BJ. Everybody needs a BJ. It's called a bridge job, and it's that job that gets you from one point to the next point. Like it's a bridge, right? Uh, but I'll never forget it because of the way he presented it. And that bridge job can be really frustrating for some people because it's not where they want to be or what they want to be doing. But basically, your bridge job is funding the ability to do what yep. you love. And we've had a few kids do that and start their own businesses and then let go of their jobs, be able to make enough that they can let go of their jobs. So I, I, I subscribe to that. So you became a vested partner two years ago. Was that still scary? Uh, no, it was actually great because I finally accomplished what I set out to accomplish. I mean, it took me longer than I thought it was going to take. Okay. Um, I mean, but there's nothing more rewarding when you hit a goal that you, you know, not just a short-term goal, but a long-term goal. You set a long-term goal and then you finally hit it. And then you're like, oh, this is great. I mean, it doesn't really change anything, but other than um, I still don't put that I'm a partner on a business card that'll never happen just again because I don't believe that I don't want I just don't want people to treat me differently it doesn't mm -hmm. matter if I'm a director of awesomeness or I'm the CEO of the company you should treat me the same way that's true but you put director of awesomeness because people don't treat you the same way when they they see that title correct yeah I just wanted something funny to where if I hand them a business card they're like director of awesomeness and everyone i mean if i if i swing five doors a day one person is going to say can i take this title absolutely and so like within our company we have someone whose title is the marketing samurai we have a new guy who's him and his girlfriend bought an rv and they're traveling and his is like head of exploration um my partner's business card he used to have for a long time like head nerd it's just being creative and outside the box and i mean that just creates that's just a conversation starter I, I work with a company a for about a year and a half now out of Australia, and I got to write all of the titles. And so the owner, I, I titled him the Unicorn Wrangler because the people that work there, all of us that work there, love it and love working with him and do it for nearly nothing because it's 
aligns with who we are and we're passionate about it. And so he's constantly wrangling us and we're unicorns because who does that? So I, that, I love that. I love, I love the titles. I don't even remember what mine is, but I love the titles. So it, it does start conversation, which is sometimes difficult to do. I want to dig deep into what you're so talking about what you do in marketing. What is something that people come to you about really regular? What's a, what are some really common issues that people have in marketing? Um, they want to learn to do some things themselves, which I love coaching people on how to do things themselves. Um, a lot of people come with still like we do Google workshops and they still haven't claimed their Google My Business profile, which is something very easy to do. And it gets you, you know, you, you have the chance to show up on the Google Maps within a two to three mile radius of where that person is searching from. So just helping people understand the importance of Google My Business because it's another social media channel similar to Facebook um, and just utilizing that uh, as much as you can. The biggest, I guess the biggest concern people have is that come to us, it's usually we're not the first marketing company they've talked to. It's usually we're the second or third company that they've talked to. So they've, you know, they're skeptical. And so when people are skeptical, I love those people to talk to just because they've done things before. A lot of times if they're currently with a marketing company, I'll ask to see a copy of the contract just so I can see and verify that they're getting what they've been sold on. Uh, there's nothing more frustrating than looking at a contract and you think you're getting one type of marketing and really you're not. Um, and then finding the loopholes in the contracts to get them out of their contracts. Wow. Um, I love doing that. Um, yeah, just just trying to help the help the people. But ultimately, I think people come to us because they want to save time and they want to save money, and they kind of want marketing done the right way. And so, we're going to do it the right way. And um, like for us, we don't have long term agreements. So almost everything we do, except for yes, SEO, is a three month agreement and then month to month. And the reason for that is because. If I can't get something to work within three months, you should fire me. Mm. Whereas most companies stick you in a contract for nine or even 12 months, mm -hmm. which sucks because if you're spending, let's say you're spending $1,000 for social media and you're three months in and it's not working and now you're six months in and it's still not working, well, you're still stuck for another six grand before you can get out of your contract. And then to a business owner, that's really not fair to them. So... Us, it's three months except for SEO, which is six months. And if you don't like us, fire us. And I'm, if I can't help you and I get fired, then I'm okay with that. Wow. That's very, very different from marketing. So from most marketing. So that's really incredible. So tell me what your favorite moments or what were the, what were the things in the podcast that resonated with people the most? Do you have a couple standouts? And um, <laughs> I try really hard not to put people on the spot because I don't like to be put on the spot. I, so know, I, I, I like it that you put me on the spot. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, a couple of our even most recent podcast guests, we had one guest on that was last month uh, and she talked about uh, from homelessness to happiness. So their business, they lost everything. They had a multi-million dollar company. They had three locations. And they had to, they lost everything. They claimed bankruptcy. They were literally living in their car. 
right? I, to me, I can't imagine being very successful, having a couple houses, you know, you know, multi-million dollar company to nothing. And then you have to sell everything. And then here you are, you and your husband, and you're living in your car. And then, then there's couch surfing on family and friends. And then they bought a boat and they moved into a boat. And so it's just watching, to me, that was the, I mean, probably most rewarding guest to have on just because of how raw it was. It was, I'm going to put my business out there. And I know that there's businesses out there that are probably going through the same thing right now that you can relate to. And to me, it was just, for her, it was about um, making right with your soul. So making sure that you're happy in your soul and then moving forward with your life. And so um, that was awesome. And then just a, the podcast guest we had on last week, uh, same thing. He was homeless, living in the woods down in Oregon, um, going to college, raising his three sisters. And just um, I love the guests who just kind of bear it all. So. Well, yeah, me too, clearly. I'm, I'm so independent, <laughs> but. Yeah, just the people that are willing to put themselves out there and and uh, just just kind of share their stories, and uh, so those two definitely stood out the most to me. Awesome. Do you have any words of wisdom as we wrap up? And I want I want you to talk about you have someone, but I want you to really hone in on your ideal client uh, mm -hmm. to work with you and words of wisdom. Okay, so ideal client is really a business owner that that wants to build a relationship long term and is not in for a short term win. So if you're a short term win, I just want to invest some few bucks right away and and make a quick return out of that customer. I want the customer who's in it for the long haul. That's that's the ideal client. And then as far as words of wisdom go, um, follow your passion. I have a big thing with fail forward. If you're not mm -hmm. failing forward, you're not learning. Um, and then just really just follow your passion because life's too short to worry about being being unhappy at one place. Just, I mean, yeah, follow your passion and fail forward. Joe, thank you so much for being on today, sharing your lunch hour with us. I really appreciate you. Thank you for having me on. This was, this was a lot of fun. And I like the fact that I didn't know the questions. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, nobody ever knows the questions with me. I don't know the questions. So thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely.